the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Once again, sitting in for CFP, Chad Burton is Rob Black. Chad and I go back 20 plus years, so it makes sense. He is more of a wealth manager. I am more of a wealth accumulator in generic terms. Um, but it's, it's good to shake things up on occasion. I, hopefully, you'll get a different point of view today. Um, CFP Chad Burton will be back tomorrow with his originally scheduled programming. May retail sales surged 17.7%. That is quite the news to get in your car and go to work to. Are you getting into your car and going to work these days? 17.7%, 8% above forecast. That's a stunning number. We knew that the second quarter numbers were going to be awful. We knew that the third quarter numbers were going to be some of the best ever. This got pulled into the second quarter. But we'll talk about that as we go along. Total sales, excluding autos, both set records. Total sales and sales, excluding autos, excuse me. Uh, I'm still jump-starting my brain right now. Stock market jumped on the news this morning. Over a 1,000 points, the Dow is set to open higher on the idea that retail sales are shattering lofty expectations. Consumers freed from the confines of coronavirus or stretching their economic wallets as the lockdown started to loosen. Donald Trump was quick to notice. Wow, says his Twitter. May retail sales show biggest one-month increase all time, up 17.7%, far bigger than projected. Looks like a big day for the stock market and jobs. So Trump is jumping on anything he can jump on right now. And I don't know. There's a thought that his administration is trying to win the election by strengthening the economy. And the reason I say that is most of the policy coming out right now seems to be having a statement of, okay, Democrats, you want to do your police reforms, and we're going to want to replace the $600 unemployment benefit with a back-to-work bonus. There seems to be a lot of negotiating. Um, so it's going to be a positive day, or it's going to start positive. And the question is, how do we hold it? Yesterday started super negative, and it went super positive. It was one of those days where I was like, huh, what do I say about that? Uh, everything has been making so much sense recently on Wall Street. March was awful. It went from a 10% correction to a bear market, 30 to 40% below its recent highs. Depending on what sector, some of them got decimated like airlines, and they've roared back. Hotels roared back. These companies, that, you know, they held up in the downturn. They were the ones who let us out of the downturn, like the tech companies. So a lot going on. Positive news. It's going to be a big open. Now, the question is July. I know you're saying, are we still in June? Why are you worried about July, Rob? Lighten up, dude. Um, 
well, yesterday we started seeing some of the data on um, some of the states that are reopening. And it doesn't look good. It looks like we're spiking in COVID cases on any state that was aggressively opening. So just work with that for a little bit. Work with that for a little bit. Um, Markets are rallying amid an infrastructure stimulus as well. Before I went to bed last night at 9 p.m., I was reading up on the White House and some of the press releases coming out. And one of the things that they want very much so is a one more, one last trillion dollars. And it's something that I think Trump campaigned on four years ago was the idea of let's improve the roads, the airports, and the bridges. The nice thing about spending a trillion dollars for infrastructure work is you probably get about $400 billion of roads and airports and bridges. Um, I'm not thinking the money is efficient, right? But you do get people put back to work. And you do get people who do construction. Those jobs get filled by people who go, you know, I did backbreaking work today. I stood out and directed traffic around a, a bridge that we were building. I was that guy who turned the stop sign. He's probably making $25 an hour times $40 an hour or 40 hours times that's going to be his paycheck. And that's money that's going to get spent and it's going to be money that gets taxed. So it's kind of a win-win except for you're issuing a trillion dollars. So it is, it's, I like infrastructure spending. So I wouldn't like cringe if I saw that. That combination of a spending another trillion plus retail sales jumping 17.7%, are they really going to get people back to work when retail sales are jumping that much? Are they really going to get another trillion on roads if sales are jumping that much? It's like almost like hurry up and do it. Hurry up and do it before the economy gets better. But then we see the jump in COVID cases in June. I have a friend that went to Phoenix. And I just want to go freaking idiot. You know, it, 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 it's almost upsetting. Like, you just went through lockdown. You just did the, all this. And um, he's going to a hotspot. He's like, I don't care. I'm, I'm young, is his mentality. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm digressing. Hey, Electronic Arts has said the new Star Wars game is coming. Its stock hit a new nearly two-year high. So during COVID, one of the things uh, during the lockdown that I've done is I've watched way too much TV. And uh, one of the things I've, I've tried to roll back on, I watched the last Star Wars because it came out, Disney Plus, blah, 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 right? And I was a little stoked to watch it a second time. I saw it in the movie theaters once. I'm not one of those guys who's going to pay 10 times to see one movie. Uh-uh, not going to happen. I watched it on Disney Plus, and I was like, yeah, 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 getting into it. And to hear Electronic Arts this morning say that, yeah, we got a new game coming. It doesn't surprise me that a Star Wars Return of the Jedi combat game where you get to fly X-Wings and shoot up TIE fighters or, tie, or fly TIE fighters and shoot up X-Wings, that sounds fun to me. That sounds like a nice little break with the kids. But that's not why Electronic Arts is hitting an all-time high. Electronic Arts stinks. It's, it's, it's got some just bad parts of their business. But they also have some things that are really, really consistent. Um, so they got the rights to Star Wars franchise. But you know who makes money on that? It's Disney. So Electronic Arts says, you know, we'd like to make video games, and we make some of the best video games in the world. And Disney's like, we'd love to have you, but just you got to license it, and you have to pay us. 
that's not quite the reason electronic arts is hitting an all-time high because they do that also with nba basketball nfl they have to license it the nba and nfl gets money and the players get money for the images that look like them and earlier late last week playstation showed off or electronic arts showed off one of the new playstation 5 games and it's an nba game and it's got zion williamson and the sweat looks like the best sweat you've ever seen the tomahawk jam looks like the best tomahawk jam you've ever seen. So what's really moving electronic arts stock, in my opinion, is expectations of the PlayStation 5. And when that comes out, Sony is not going to sit around and go, hey, look at this beautiful hardware. They're going to have to say, look at some wonderful software that we have, some games that you can buy today. We want you to buy a hardware in year one because next year you're going to want it for cheaper. You'll probably want faster parts. You'll probably want it smaller. So EA as a business is telling me, I don't really like you because you got the NFL and you got the rights that you have to license. So I look at Activision. I look at Take-Two, who own their own intellectual property and not a lot of licensing going on. So I would look at those names on the excitement of the last half of the year with the Xbox and the PlayStation coming out. There are positive things to look for, and I like that in a stock market. I don't like all the stimulus that we're throwing out. I'm not against it, but that comes with the price versus you know technological innovation like a new PlayStation. I know you're saying, you're into video games, aren't you? Not really. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for you. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Sit in for CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. Uh, just throwing around the schedule a little bit. Um, it's nice to get a different sound, a different voice out there, hopefully for you. And hopefully you're seeing a couple different things in the stock market. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Chad will be back tomorrow. Um, just kind of a mental break kind of day, I think, <laughs> which we all need on occasion. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air we are seeing some stupid stuff on the stock market right now, and it pisses me off and it angers me, and I wish the stock market wouldn't let this happen. Companies like Hertz shouldn't be allowed to issue stock when they've said, we've got a liquidity crisis. Maybe they should be allowed to issue stock, but I don't like it. They say, we have a liquidity crisis. We're going to run out of money. COVID has destroyed our business. So a couple weeks ago, like I guess Hertz has a lot of trans ams or muscle cars that they're auctioning off. I'm like, no, thank you. I know what I've done to rental cars in my life. And if I ever got a rental car that was a muscle car, not good. I think I remember one night taking a car out into the desert of Phoenix. I think I remember that, but don't tell anyone. I might have been younger. So Hertz stock rallying up 230%. Anyone who's buying the stock is going to lose money. And Hertz issuing stock, they've said, you know, hey, this stock may last just a couple of days until we say it's worth nothing. Hertz stock should end badly, but people are betting on it. People are speculating that somehow, some way, some shape, some form, there's a white knight. That Hertz, remember that car company that O.J. Simpson represented in the 1980s running through a crowded airport? 
um, showing you the speed of which Hertz gets you out of the airport. <laughs> and everyone in the airport was saying things like, go, OJ, go, as he's jumping over luggage, looking like a running back from the NFL. Yeah, Hertz can go away. And I think one of the reasons we don't want it to go away is we associate it with OJ in the 1980s. Or there's something like, when I say Hertz, do you think big yellow sign? I do. When I say Hertz, do you think, oh, they got those golden spaces where you just go up and pick any car you want and drive away? So there's a lot of brand there. But that company should not be rallying because they said we're going to go bankrupt. Which, when you're bankrupt, the people who get the money first are people like the bondholders. The people who get the money last are people like the stockholders. Stocks reward you as part owner of a company, and you get the, the spoils of being an owner. Bonds aren't really being an owner. You're, being, you're giving a company an, a money, and it's kind of like an IOU where you say, okay, Hertz, you want to borrow $100 million. Well, I'm going to charge you 3% interest because you're Hertz. Ooh, but COVID hurt your business. I'm going to charge you 5% interest. So it's not working for me. <laughs> I don't like people buying stocks in bankruptcy, and it ends badly, like 99 times out of 100. Maybe not that high, but pretty darn high. Again, it's not my money. I'm not dumb enough to do it. Let other people find. It's a little financial Darwinian, Darwinianism. The old Darwinian wood chipper. If you want to be dumb enough to throw your money into something like Hertz, just just go throw it in a barrel and light it on fire. I'm fine with that. It's your money. I'll look all that much more attractive to the world. I brush my teeth every day three or four times. I got good teeth and I got more money than you. I'm going to win. It's all about teeth and money, right? Ooh, you got caps. There's a good reason to go out and brush your teeth, right? Dental work is not cheap. And dental work is not terribly well covered in the insurance arena, even when you have dental insurance. Personal computers have been the destination of a company called Intel. Nothing but Intel. So Intel makes microprocessors that go in personal computers. And when you look around at the recent rally on Wall Street, you go, okay, tech stocks, big tech have done their thing. Or have they? Are some of the old tech companies not putting in as much work as some of the newer tech? Newer tech being like a Facebook. I would say that Apple is a kind of a combination of old tech and new tech. I would say Google is new tech. I would say things like Intel and Microsoft. Microsoft's a little old and new, but Intel... Cisco is very much on the old tech. No, except for we're getting a big upgrade with 5G and with 6G in modems. Okay, okay. Uh, it's killing me. 6G in modems, 5G in phones, and the G stands for generation. So Intel has an opportunity to get into more things in this upgrade up to 5G, 6G, and even the Xbox and PlayStation. Except for they didn't get into them. <laughs> it's like, whoops. Um, NVIDIA and AMD have been kind of like the sexier, the newer semiconductors, because they're the GPUs versus the CPUs. But there is a case to make for Intel right now. If you want to get in to a stock that may have some upside, that may not have as much downside as like an Alphabet's Google or an Amazon or a Microsoft or an Apple, for some reason, pre-COVID, we were like, hey, we got two $2 trillion companies here. Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, three, I guess, right? 
And then during COVID, they, they all dip below a trillion dollar valuation, or maybe they do, maybe they don't. And post-COVID, like June, they all wake up and they're like, we should be rocking and rolling. And they're, instead of being a trillion dollar company in their sites, it's like 1.5 trillion. So you do look around in that sector, in that area of semiconductors. There's a great ETF, SOXS. S-O-X-X. S-O-X-X. It almost sounds dirty. Socks. Two, with two X's. I know you're saying, you're onto something, Rob. Or there's the Invesco QQQ Trust. If you hit QQQ, you'll see a lot of tech companies if you look at holdings. And if you look at the iShares Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, ticker symbol SOXX, you'll see a lot of semiconductor equipment companies and a lot of semiconductor companies. Um, you could do some research on finding some underperformers there, and that will the underperformers might limit your downside, and they might give you some upside that the sector has already started focusing everywhere. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Last month, we talked about, on this very show, a new company called Nikola, and it's kind of the Tesla of industrial trucks, for lack of a better word at this point in time. And now it's one of the heavily, most heavily shorted stocks on, on Wall Street. I own no Tesla. But at one point in time, Tesla was one of the most heavily shorted stocks on Wall Street. And the shorts offer super big upside when someone who's already sold the stock has to buy the stock. Usually we buy the stock, we wait, 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 and we sell the stock. Nikola a fuel cell-powered long-haul truck play, which is losing a lot of money. A lot of people are already betting against it. Interesting, right? That can create massive upside. Or they might be right. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. A lot of times I talk about video games because I think they're relatable. And it goes back to my childhood where I was told if you play video games, they'll rot your brain and you'll be a loser. <laughs> something like that. I want to talk a little bit about Fortnite and something that I think is compelling of what's happening during COVID. Two, three, four years ago, we talked a lot about augmented reality and virtual reality. And I was like, I don't know. That whole virtual reality thing, of the idea of me and my producer, Mike, sitting on a couch, watching the Super Bowl together, and he's got a big headset on, and i got a big headset. I'm like, isn't this cool? We're on the 50-yard line. Like, whoa. You see, like, we're in front row, and we just saw it. Whoa! And I can't get over the idea. I like a football game. I like a Super Bowl. I can't get over the idea of, I don't mind spending money on tech. I, I, I get that. But I like the chips and the guac and I, the Super Bowl. Like, wow, do you remember when we had Super Bowl parties? Life was good, and then COVID came, and it was a long winter. Um, the idea of wearing something on your head really kills virtual reality to me. Because I'm like, oh, wait, wait, Mike, let me go get your headset for you. And then we have to look at each other wearing headsets on, and then that gets awkward. Because I want to stare lovingly into his eyes and go, did you just enjoy that Super Bowl as much as I did? Can't look into his eyes if he's got a virtual headset on, right? 
That's terrible. So I think there's going to be some things that it works really well at, and there's going to be some things that not so much. Like, we don't mind playing video games with a headset on. And we could be a little bit more immersive. And we're starting to see some good games come out on virtual reality, whether it's for um, the headset that Steam is making or the headset Oculus Rift that Facebook is making. It's getting out there. I know 16 to 25-year-olds that have them. It's not mainstream in any way, shape, or form. But I bring this all up because of what COVID has done. Of It's put us in our home a lot more. And video game sales are going up, not down. It's like movies like um, that shouldn't make any money, like Trolls 2. does really well because we're locked up. And we're like, I, I, I kind of want to watch a Trolls movie. <laughs> and there's like no way you want to watch Trolls. And But anyway, you get the idea. We're pulling forward some business in different ways. And one of them is video games, of which Fortnite's a player. And they just reportedly closed a funding deal to value the game studio about $17 billion. Another $750 million in new funding. Epic, which is uh, acquired a company called House Party last year, received $1.25 billion from KKR and other investors in 2018. So they've got a couple of years now of raising money. At some point in time, some of these new investors are going to say, we want our money back. Let's go public. So during that time, I want you to study before it comes public, do you want to own Epic? It's dominant at what they do. They do a game called Battle Royale, um, Fortnite Battle Royale, and they've kind of become the standard in kids' games at this point in time as far as um, very social. I was trying to explain to a family member, like, yeah, these video games today are more, way more social. Like, I went to an arcade with one or two friends, and I looked cool 30, 40 years ago. Now you're getting online with a guy from Vancouver who's your friend, someone in South America who's your friend, someone in Texas who you'd never be friends with, except for now you're suddenly friends with. It's much more social. And Fortnite just had a new season-ending event. And it went well. Now, a season-ending event is some kind of stupid, for lack of a better word, um, in-game. So it looks like the characters are doing something. Um, Kind of an in-game, kind of like live-action thing. Huh. And these events, they've done a couple. Travis Scott... Where he pulled in, Travis Scott, uh, this is so funny. I'm so f- afraid of what I say now. I wanted to say rapper, but then instantly I went to Billie Eilish, and she's like, why are artists who are African-American, why are they soul singers and I'm a pop singer? Don't we do kind of the same music? And I'm like, ooh, ooh can I call someone a rapper right now? I don't know. I'm assuming I can. Um, but they just did an end-of-season event, and it was so crowded by people who wanted to see it. They had to tell people, no, we're not letting everyone in. So they hit capacity. So what I'm trying to get at right now is Travis Scott did a concert where he had 12 million in-game players watch his concert. That's legit. 12 million is a real number. Um, yesterday, 12 million people plus about 9 million people on Twitch and YouTube watched 
basically someone come into the game and kind of blow up a map. Ooh, there's going to be a new map in two days. That's kind of their in-game events. <clears throat> How are they going to creatively destroy the world? Something like that. I don't know. But 12 million people is a big number. You're starting to get numbers that are stunning, in fact, on a regular basis. In America, we drool over Super Bowl numbers. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win Super Bowl 52. 103 million Americans watched 1 million more than last year. They love the chips. They love the guac. They love the commercials. So when I'm telling you yesterday, was it yesterday, Monday? 12 million people watched and they had to turn people away. That's legit. When Travis Scott, if you have not watched this, you need to because, A, I don't know who the hell Travis Scott is. He just doesn't hit my radar of pop music in my life. But when I watched it, I was like, this is a really cool experience. A couple of years ago, they did Marshmallow. Same thing. 10 plus million people. And I was like, whoa, you're kidding me. This has that kind of appeal? People will make an appointment to see a concert on a Friday night? Yes. And what's happening is um, Fortnite makers, Epic, are saying, let's get more and more people. Let's test how many we can get up to. And every time they do an event, it's a little bit more and a little bit more. So I started by talking virtual reality and augmented reality. And what I'm telling you is that if you take a look at the Travis Scott concert, it looks like a, one of the coolest video screens you've ever seen at a concert. You know, like when you first went to concerts, musicians got on stage and they strummed a couple guitars. They were ugly. They were not good looking people. I know you're saying, Stephen Nicks, but Mick Fleetwood wasn't. So there were some people that were just, you know, they were on the ugly tree when they were born and they, they fell out of the ugly tree and they hit every branch on the way down. Like, they're not good looking. But we're testing more and more concepts in music in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And we got into laser shows. And then we got into big video screens behind the artist. And like, you, you know where I'm going out with this. The Travis Scott concert was stable for 12 million plus people, and it was a hell of an experience. At one point in time, it's like he's doing an astronaut tour, and he's flying you know, a rocket, and then he goes into the ocean of Fortnite, and he comes out of the ocean, he grows to 200 feet tall, and you're like, whoa, am I stoned? Because this is trippy. And there's hot dancers in the background, and there's a lot of psychedelic... Like, go to YouTube today, Travis Scott at Fortnite. I think that might be the future of some music. Now, let me see where I'm throwing that at. I lived through MTV, where we went from Friday night videos, which stank. You could watch literally five videos in an hour. And they'd talk it up at 1130 because Carson wasn't on Friday nights. He only did Monday through Thursday or something like that. I don't know exactly what the heck was happening. But MTV comes along and they kill Friday night because they do 24 hours, 24, 7, 365 videos, right? And then they stop doing videos. But that's a whole other thing. I think the music industry is about to change a little bit like it did with MTV. And it's the Travis Scott thing. There's a band. There's not a band out there. There's a company that's gotten on the bandwagon called Splash. And they're creating the tools of Travis Scott-like experiences to give artists, like your favorite band may be AJR. And they can't go out and tour right now. And they've got some new music that they want to get out. Um, who is Seattle Grudge Pearl Jam had a new album about ready to drop. Killers had a new red album about ready to drop. And COVID just destroyed it. I guess there was going to be big summer tours for both, right? So now on a Friday night... I've done horse racing in the afternoon. I'm looking for some live entertainment, and there's just nothing. What is CSI going? What is CBS going to do with their fright, with their programming? All they do is cop shows and vice shows and SWAT shows. 
CBS is screwed. The month of June has not been good to eventual cop dramas, right? <clears throat> I Just my opinion. It's going to be very difficult to write some of the modern storylines into their current stories, but I'm digressing. So, so there's this company, Splash, that is trying to help artists put together concerts. And what's cool about it is it's cool and uncool. You don't have to pay for lighting. You don't have to pay the venue. Um, you don't have to leave your home. They're going to provide all the animation stuff. They're going to provide, you know, um, I saw they, they, they showed a, a tech video, a tech demo of one of the artists that they're using. And she's kind of a hot chick who plays a uh, violin. And I know you're saying, I'm in. Someone who plays an electric violin has a ponytail and is could dance with it. And they kind of created an avatar for her, and she she did a hell of a great demo. So I'm believing that one of the technologies that's being pushed forward is not augmented reality, or maybe it is augmented reality. It's not virtual reality. It's more, I guess, more augmented. But we're not using we're watching animation right now. And the artists like an AJR, who's kind of a mid tier, or Pearl Jam, who's high tier, or Bethany Gates, who's like a low-end country-western singer-songwriter type. They can all have concerts on Friday night. You bought a big TV years ago. It's now internet-enabled. You bought a better sound bar years ago. You can have a concert in your home on Friday night. And I think a lot of that's going to be pulled forward. And I think there's a legit business model. Would I rather my kids have friends over on a Friday night and stay home than going out and drinking and driving? Hell yeah. I like it. There's some positives coming out of COVID. Look for them. They're green shoots of opportunity. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. This little Judah and Lion. <clears throat> I think that he sounds incredibly like Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons, and I can't get over that. And like... I don't want to look at Wikipedia and figure out like if it's his brother, if it's just the same sound, if it's a copycat. Oh, there we go. Wall Street like copycats. Same thing with the music industry. Uh, just throwing that out there is study business plans as best as you can, if you can, in my opinion. Um, and just ask yourself, like, what am I hearing? What am I seeing? What am I doing? Um, I talk to my kids about money all the time, but I don't do it the way I do it with you. I try to find, you know financial decisions if it's Fortnite, you know do you want v bucks or no v bucks do you want to do homework or no homework uh, always look for business plans if you can and if that makes any sense to you the trump administration wants to replace 600 unemployment benefit with a backed work bonus i'm not a politician if you listen to the show at times i think i'm a moderate republican and a moderate democrat i think i'm both and i could be like a two-faced character from batman oh yeah and turn my face the other way. Yeah. So you want back to work bonus? Yeah. Do you? No. Um, I like what we're seeing out of government right now because it's telling us. I know you're saying you like what you see out of government. No, not quite. But they're telling us the response is no longer trillions of dollars to save the economy. Now it's a trillion dollars to insure the economy. And you can see it the way they're saying things like, we want to send people back to work, and we'll give them money for doing that. 
Um, I think we're progressing out of COVID. And I know that could sound incredibly naive. I don't play a doctor. I don't pretend to be a doctor. I'm not going to quote Joe Rogan vitamins. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm not going to try to say, you know, hey, everyone, you got to live your life and you got to have a gun and get freedom. I'm not going to do any of that. That's not my thing. My job is to get you to retirement one day at a time. One thing I don't want you to do is to focus on the best, most hopeful news. Oh, there's going to be a vaccine. I'm going to jump into the stock market. Oh, COVID's only going to kill people over 70. Well, that may be good for the economy because blah, 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 Prop 13 and, you know, da, 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 taxes and Social Security. I don't want you to find the stories that, like, appeal to you. I want you to be honest with yourself. Bloomberg is reporting the Trump administration is preparing a $1 trillion infrastructure plan. If brought forward, the plan is apt to have difficulty getting approved by Congress because what they're going to tell us is they have a mixed view of where the economy is. The Democrats want another coronavirus relief bill, and the Republicans now are saying, let's get people back to work and get some infrastructure spending in. Again, I'm a modern on both sides of the fence. I don't have a lot of opinions when it comes to politics. There's really good radio stations that do that. I'm not one of them. The BBC is reporting a study done by Oxford University that indicates an inexpensive drug called dexamethasone has been successful in cutting the death rate of seriously ill COVID patients. In particular, the trial said people who are at risk of death, people who are on the ventilators, people who are on their last legs, people who the you better know what your last words are going to be because they may have just come out of your mouth. Those are the people that they're saying it's, it's working by over a third on them. It's working on a third of them, saving them. Again, I'm not a doctor. That means nothing to me. I don't even know what I just said. Now, <clears throat> retail sales surging 17.7%. That is a happy days are here again. The sky is blue. Now, keep in mind, that was a very dark period of the world. And it was a very happy, uplifting song. But we're also starting to hear, you know, there's um, you know, some seemingly breakthroughs on COVID, some uplifting economic news. And what I started with this segment is don't have the best view of everything and don't have the worst view of everything. I want you to go out there and like see, <clears throat> is the market overvalued? Like, that's a great question. Sure. It, it's higher than it was in February. I'm going to call COVID February 29th, the day that doesn't exist, leap year, right? Somewhere right around February 29th is when COVID hit America. So we're going to say pre-COVID, we're going to say post-COVID, a lot in the world economic news right now. We had valuations that were extended. We had a nine, 10-year bull market come to an end in March post-COVID or during COVID. Um, Times of COVID, you get the idea. How optimistic are you? 78% of respondents to a recent Merrill Lynch Bank of America poll said the market's overvalued. We started pre-COVID high. We knew valuations were stretched. And then, honestly, earnings went into a crapper. The man who had invented the toiler, I believe his name was John Crapper. I don't know if that's true or false, but let's just say it is. The markets went into his porcelain temple. And earnings went to nothing. And millions and billions and earnings went bye-bye. Some to the tune of trillions of valuation went bye-bye. But it all roared back. 
And all we've done is stimulate the economy. The Federal Reserve said, we're not going to raise interest rates until end of 2022. Holy shnikes. Did you just say end of 2022? If I die today, I want to pass on one dying message. Buy stocks. Okay, ready? Here it is. Here's my rosebud moment. When the 10-year treasury is under 3.5%, buy stocks. I just gave you a lesson you can pass on to your child. <clears throat> now, consult a broker advisor for taking action before on anything mentioned. Not all rules are set to work forever and ever. But that's a good one. <clears throat> when money is that cheap, people tend to borrow it. When money gets more expensive, people tend to go, you know, that's not a really good idea. I don't really like your idea. I had a friend that wanted to create a Christian hotel that was just for Christians. No alcohol, Bible study, things along those lines. Because when you travel as a businessman, you tend to get into situations of, huh, am I going to test my marriage or not? It's a little bit different if it's a Christian hotel. Like, and in a great economy, he's going to get money for that. In a bad economy, people are going to say, what are you, crazy? So there's choices. And again, do you think the market's overvalued or not? Are you overly optimistic? Are you overly pessimistic? It doesn't pay. I like moderation and moderation. A little bit of salt, not much. A little bit of pepper, not much. Peloton hit an all-time high. Huh. Interesting times in COVID. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com and listen to CFP Chad Burton Show. Tomorrow it is really scheduled programming.